This is Heather Meckes, Director of Discipleship at CRC, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to see how God is moving in and around you. If you would like to check out more resources, go to coopersvillereform.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, CRC. How are we doing? Good morning. I'm Pastor John. I have the privilege of serving as lead pastor here at CRC. Advent is upon us, and with that comes this anticipation of the celebration of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And and we pray that you and your family had a great Thanksgiving season um, but now we're moving on to Christmas decorations, nativity scenes, and it's going to be phenomenal. We're really excited about it. But here's the reality for so many of us. The, the stress of this Christmas season is real. And it causes weariness for so many people today. A recent study shows that 88% of Americans are really stressed, and they happen to be really stressed at the peak at the end of November. So does anyone know what the date is today? Yeah, Um, there's a good chance if you're here with us this morning that you are feeling the weight of stress. And with stress, it seems to work against what we're hoping to find this Christmas season, which is joyful anticipation, worship, and hope. Stress kind of seems to make that an uphill battle for so many of us. But here's what that statistic tells me, specifically the fact that the peak of most people's stress is the end of November. The statistic tells me that we are having anticipatory stress over something that hasn't even happened yet. It's in the future. And so no matter if your anticipatory stress is coming from your finances or your family or maybe unrealistic expectations that you put on yourself or we put on others this Christmas season, we're feeling it before we've even had it or experienced it, and it's causing us, so many of us, to have a weary Christmas, and that's not a gift you want under your tree. Christmas expectations are real, though. It is as if we are expecting something that always seems to fall short. You know, some of us, we got real excited about putting up the Christmas decorations and you might have uh, talked to Lexia or whatever that speaker is. I, I don't exactly know what it's called. Siri is a speaker in our house. If we say, hey, Siri, put on Christmas tunes, she just 
obliges, and it's a little weird. But y you may have done that perhaps on Friday. It seems to be the traditional day to do that, and you may have been all jolly, but then Saturday came. You're like, oh, there's the letdown. And what I have found out in my experience has been anything that we put great expectation in or great hope in always seems to fail us outside of Jesus. Outside of Jesus. I, I remember when Helen and I were getting married, she must have loved, she, uh, not must have, she loves Hallmark movies. How many of you ladies can relate with that? You just love you some Hallmark movies? My wife loves her some Hallmark movies. And as we were approaching our wedding date and then we get married, she realized marriage isn't like a Hallmark movie all the time, right? Like her husband has morning breath, okay? And, and, and I mean, I'm not that, and so, her expectations were a little off, and, and so were mine, but she realized, oh no, I thought it was going to just be sprinkles and unicorns and glitter, and I'm married to John Hines, and pretty good, but you know, it's not exactly a Hallmark movie. And what I've come to realize is everything outside of Jesus that we expect to bring us great hope and great love and great joy, we, it fails us. And we fail those people who may have put us on a pedestal to be something we just might not be able to measure up to. Outside of Jesus. I was talking to a young man this, this past week and he was just sharing with me how much he is excited to be all in in the faith. And I was getting fired up. And, and I'm trying to like give him like what it's going to be like being all in in the faith. And I realized no matter how much I hype it up, no matter how much I am just like trying to explain the glories of the gospel that come not only in this life but in the life to come, I always seem to under explain it. Like, I cannot explain it enough of how great it is and how glorious it is to have hope rooted in Christ, even in the storms of this life. It is so great. And so if you are here this morning and you are looking to find rest this Christmas season, I just want to let you know there is great hope for you. There's, and it's not found in decorations, it's not found in candles, it's not found in simply music, but it's found in Christ and in Christ alone. And so if you would with me, we're going to go back over the text, and I'm actually going to read verses 25 through 27 as well, just to give us a little more of the context. But open your Bibles, the words are on the screen if, if you don't have one, or there's a blue hardback in front of you. Let's read the word of God again. Verse 25 in Matthew 11. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son 
except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Some of you right now are feeling these three things today. You're feeling exhausted, feeling burdened, and you're feeling yoked. You're feeling the weight, the yoke of this world Jesus knew exactly who he was talking to then. He was speaking to crowds in this specific instance in Matthew 11. But the good news is he also knows exactly who he's speaking to now. He knows the people that we are, and he knows exactly what plagues us or weighs us down. Is this you today? You feel exhausted. You feel burdened. You feel the yoke that you have placed on yourself is not the yoke of Christ. It's a different yoke. Jesus, speaking to the crowds and speaking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in Matthew 23, he shares these words because we know that the weight that was so prevalent in Jesus' day in religion was the weight of the laws, the weight of legalism. In speaking to these leaders in Matthew 23, he says, do not do what they do when he's speaking to the crowds about them. Don't do what they do, he says, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And later on, in the first church, Peter, approaching the Jerusalem council in Acts 15, he essentially says basically the same thing. But to them, he says, why are we adding an extra yoke to these people? Why are we doing this? We are not able to carry it, nor were our forefathers able to carry it. And so we know that the religious leaders of the day were adding heavy weights to people spiritually then, and this certainly can still be a part of our religiosity and our religion today. We, we do know that. But here's what we also know. The word of God is timeless. And it does not only speak to the context of the time it was written in and the people it was written to, but the power of God is real, and by the power of God, the word is superintended for the context of our day as well. And so you may say, well, Pastor John, here today, we don't struggle too much with legalism. I mean, we have a contemporary service. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're seeking to reach all kinds of people in all ages and all forms. We're not very legalistic, and I would tend to agree with you. But this context today that we are in could certainly, you can make an argument, that our culture is a great cause for many to become exhausted and burdened and heavy yoked. 
Unfortunately, my personality also tends to lead itself to help in this as well. And so could it be that our culture this Christmas season is helping us, aiding us in the worst possible way to feel exhausted, to feel burdened, and to just feel heavy? Could that be the case? And I would tend to make an argument that in looking at the text in that way, we can still find great hope and encouragement and we would not be going outside of the context of God's intended plan for this text. One of the ways that can happen is simply through these holidays. Personally, for me, the holidays are a bit heightened. The expectations for me, I feel, are a bit heightened because not only do we have Thanksgiving, not only do we have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, not only do we have a lot of church stuff and ministry that's amazing and phenomenal that goes with those two holidays, but I also have the two girls I love the most, their birthdays, they're sandwiched right in between there. God, why did you do it to me? You knew I was going to be a preacher, a pastor. What in the world? And so I have Sienna's birthday, who's on November 29th, and my lovely wife's birthday, which this is a big birthday coming up for her, on December 20th. And I am like, jeez. So yesterday, we're running Chuck E. Cheese and got a dozen or so kids running around Chuck E. Cheese with hyped up off cake and ice cream and everything else, and the expectations are real. And I'll just give you a little peer into my life over the, over the last four days or so. Wednesday was a great day, but I was trying to scramble to get everything done, and so I'm feeling exhausted about that. I'm like, okay, I got to get Sunday prepared so I can actually go to Illinois and be present and not be thinking about all the things I have to do for Saturday, and so I'm working really hard on Wednesday during the day. Then we have an amazing Wednesday night service, and that was phenomenal, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to people afterwards. I'm like, oh no, we got to get to Illinois, so I got to get out of here, and so I get out of here, and I go pick up my two girls who I love the most, and we go down to Illinois for a three-hour trip and a late night, get in about 11.45 p.m. to Illinois, 12.45 a.m., our time, and we get there, and then there's these expectations. Well, we got to be with this family so long because they deserve our time, and then we got to be with this side of the family so long because they deserve our time, and then these family members certainly deserve our time, and then there's some young men that I had the opportunity to disciple, and so we need to make sure that we spend some one-on-one time with them or some time with them because they deserve our time, and so there's all of these expectations, and it was awesome. It was glorious, but even just talking about it now is exhausting me, and then we come back, and I'm like, we got to prep for a party. We got a Chuck E. Cheese party on Saturday, and people are, not, they RSVP'd a week ago, and now they're not RSVPing now, and I'm like, oh no. And so we have a party on Saturday, and Costco didn't have the cake that we wanted. And it was an hour and a half before the party. Thank God, Meyer, shout out to the Weiringas. Thank God, Meyer. <laughs> Southeast Grand Rapids, Meyer had the cake that we needed. And so it's like all of these things, and then, thinking to myself, why do I make it about that? Like when I really just look into it and just have a sober-minded look into 
my last three days, I think, I'm the one who's exhausting myself. I'm the one who, who's burdening, and I won't even get into the Christmas light experience that we had outside of our home last night. I had to apologize for my behavior to my wife early this morning. I said, honey, I don't know why I'm being so like on edge. I'm exhausting myself. I'm burdening myself. I'm placing unrealistic expectations, even though I knew I was gonna be preaching on it today, and I've been preparing it throughout the week. I'm doing that myself. And I'm just confessing this because maybe I'm not the only one, right? Maybe I'm not the only one. And maybe you feel some of this as well. And I want to talk a little bit about the yoke. The idea here that Jesus is sharing is that we are already yoked. Everyone is already yoked. We're already yoked. You're not just burdened by that yoke. And, and let me share a little bit about what a yoke is. A yoke is a wooden crossbeam that would attach to cattle, specifically usually oxen, and then it would have metal curvature beams that would go around the neck. And usually it would be used to push a load, sometimes a quite heavy load. And you would have two of these animals, two parties in the yoke, moving forward so that they would stay even with each other. And what Jesus here is implying is not that you don't have a yoke in this life, all of us have a yoke in this life. But he's implying that you need to put on my yoke because you all are yoked. We're all yoked. And sometimes what we do is we put our bride in that yoke or our spouse in that yoke. And they are the person who we feel is either carrying us, or we're carrying them, or we're pushing them. And in one sense, let me just be real, we are yoked together. We're yoked together in marriage. But in another sense, that yoke is that expectation that we believe they are going to fulfill us in a certain way. And that is unhealthy and can actually become idolatrous. Maybe some, some of us, we put our kids in that yoke. They are who we are expecting to fulfill us. And so we live our life through our kids or our grandchildren, and they're in that yoke. For some of us, maybe it's the career. Our career is in that yoke. This, this idea of, I need to be someone, is in that yoke with us. And what ends up happening is, imagine you being in a yoke physically with a raging bull on the other end of the of the yoke. That raging bull, you cannot keep up with that pace. He or she is going to kill you. You are going to be dragged. And that's what we end up doing to the very people we love when we put them in a place and in a position that they were not created to be in. And so Jesus here is sharing we all have a yoke, and we're all carrying a yoke in this life. But he's saying, take on my yoke. And his invitation is simply, 
come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus may very well have been quoting Jeremiah 6.16 when he shared this. The word of God was just, he was so consumed by it. Jeremiah 6.16b really is ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. God is speaking to his people in Jeremiah 6. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus just so saturated with the scripture. We know from John 1 that he is the word who became flesh and made his dwelling, made his tabernacle among us. And maybe you're here today and you hear this invitation and you're someone who's thinking, I just don't have enough evidence, Pastor John. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm burdened, I'm weary, I'm tired. I'm all of those things as well. I think all as people we are. But what's the evidence of this God of the scriptures you speak of? I, I, I speak to someone on a fairly regular basis. It's actually been less regular lately because it's just been wearing me out. It's been tiring me out. But someone who just wants to see the evidence, John, you just have to show me the evidence. I need indisputable evidence. And I don't know what you guys think on this issue, and so I might be out on an island here, but I'm just, I'm kind of convinced that there is not indisputable evidence for this. Outside of the fact that I know the Holy Spirit lives within me, I know his regenerating work in me, I know he's made me alive in Christ, I've experienced that. But I can't give someone evidences of A, B, C, and D outside of Romans 1, saying, look at creation. It screams creator. But here's what I do know. I do know there's an indisputable person, and his name is Jesus. And so I can point to him, and I can put all of my chips on that and say, I I'm in on him. And so if you're here this morning and you're just looking for more evidence because you're not sure that you can get in on this, you hear this invitation from Jesus saying, come to me, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you're thinking, why should I? My invitation to you would be read, pray, and consider the God-man, the incarnate God, Jesus Christ. And by grace and grace alone, may he save you and may he reveal himself to you through the scriptures and through your searching and seeking. The invitation to Jesus is to take his yoke upon you. That you would take his yoke upon you and it sounds a bit silly but his yoke, he says, is, is easy. And this burden is light. And he says his character is gentle and lowly. That he's not going to outpace you. That he's not going to leave you like a raging bull, ravished and dragging. 
But if you would so walk with him, if you would so discover him, you would discover a lowly, a gentle, a meek savior who longs to save and who longs for you to learn of him. And this is something I feel like in the text that can easily go unnoticed. It's this learning of him. Did you catch that in those three verses? That we are called to learn of him. This is why discipleship is such an important aspect and pillar in our church. This is why for just about every age range, we're gonna have something for you so that in community, you can learn of Jesus. Why? Because in doing so, you will find greater rest for your weary souls. Could it be for you today that you're feeling so weary, you're feeling so burdened, and I've had to ask myself this week after I've just confessed with you the craziness of the last three and a half days, could it be that you're feeling all of that weight and all of that burden, all of it, just being tired? Because in this season, you're not taking enough time to just sit and learn of him could that be the thing you're missing right now? And in that, could you find such great deep soul rest in this season? I challenge you to consider that. How well have you done that over the last 30 years of your life, over the last 20, 40, 50, 60 years? How well have we done it learning of him? Simply learning of him. Or have somewhere in that pursuit, have we just grown, grown weary and we've ceased to learn of him? I think that's a sobering question for us. Learn of him. This is why we do what we do here. But do that not only in your community groups. Do that alone as well. I want to encourage you in that. Finding rest this Christmas season. If you are looking for true soul rest this Christmas season, what might need to change? I have three suggestions in conclusion this morning. Let Jesus control your pace and load. How would that look this season? But like sometimes we allow the craziness in the frenzy of the season to kind of overtake us. I will say this about Western Michigan. It seems to move a little slow. Maybe it's just a Coopersville thing. It's a little slower of a pace out here around this season, which I really appreciate. Like, I, I genuinely really appreciate that. So I think you guys may have it a little more figured out than I've had it the rest of my life. But th this seems to actually be... A little better pace. Just from my perspective, maybe you're thinking, no, it ain't, man. Uh, but maybe just from my perspective, I'm seeing this. What would it look like for you to allow Jesus to control your pace and your load this Christmas season? 
So you know what? I'm not going to please everyone. Going into the second point. I'm just not going to please everyone. Stop trying to please everyone. This is the one I struggle with the most. I just have this itch to want people to accept me and to be happy and to be pleased by whatever it is that I could bring them. And you know, this season, just say, I'm just going to come to a resolve. I'm not going to be able to please everyone. I'm just not going to do it. Not as if gift giving and partying is going to be able to do that anyway. Christmas partying and ugly sweater parties and whatever else. Part- do y'all do that in Western Michigan? I've seen a lot of people wear ugly sweaters, but not in parties here. I mean, there's been a lot of people wearing, if you're one of them this morning, I truly apologize. Um, and then thirdly, caught it. Thirdly, simply come to him and learn of him more this season. How simple is that? This season If you are seeking to find rest for your weary souls, what would it look like for you to simply come to him and learn of him more this season? Maybe a challenge for you would be to find a friend, find someone who you can trust and who you love, to say, hey, that third point, I'm going to actually commit to that over this season. I'm going to commit to that over the next four weeks over the season, and I pray that it just continues to progress from there. But I'm going to just slow down. I'm going to wake up 20 minutes earlier. And I'm just going to spend some time in the Word of God. And maybe specifically, I'm just going to spend some time in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm just going to sit before my Jesus, and I'm going to learn of him more this season what would that look like for you and for your family what would you miss i would argue that you wouldn't miss much but you would gain a whole lot let's pray father we thank you for your kindness we thank you for the rest that is offered in Christ and in Christ alone. In the craziness, in the frantic pace of our culture, Father, it can feel as if the Christmas season is working against the Christmas message. And Father, I just pray that as a people, that we would be more committed to learning from you and to sitting in you and just coming before you and allowing you to wash over our weary souls and our busy schedules. Father, I pray for someone right now who's just feeling the weight of this season and maybe it's family related, maybe it's financially related or maybe it's just the season. Maybe they're missing someone. I just pray that you would give them rest today and that they would lean on you for that rest and count on you for it. For this is a promise that we have in Christ Jesus, and let us hold tightly to it. God, we love you, we thank you, and we worship you, and we adore you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you, Pastor John. A slower pace.